This message you're about to listen to is brought to you by Victory Inheritance Ministries, the City of Hope. As you listen, may the Holy Spirit minister to you in the simplicity of the Word of God. People that are hungry for more. Tonight, are you hungry and what are you hungry for? Hallelujah. Father, I present myself a willing vessel and a ready vessel. Let my tongue be like that of the pen of a ready writer. Father, speaking grace into the hearts of your people and commanding the atmosphere to be open unto your people today. Father, let there be a connection in our spirit, so Lord God, accepting what the things that you have placed upon me and the revelations and the visions that you've given me, imposing it to Lord God Almighty upon these people today, that they shall move not just ten steps forward, but a hundred miles forward in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. You are wonderful, you are worthy in Jesus' mighty name we pray. I bring you greetings also from the presiding bishop of Trem, our father. Hallelujah. You know, we share the same father. So, he is here too. Psalm 107, I'll just read a verse. Psalm 107, I'll just, let's look at verse 8. Praise God. Psalm 107, verse 8. He satisfies the longing soul. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works of the children of men. Verse 9. For he satisfied the longing soul and filled the hungry soul with goodness. He satisfies the longing soul. He satisfies the longing soul. He fills the hungry soul with goodness. He fills the hungry soul, not the hungry mouth. He fills the hungry soul, not the hungry mouth. He fills the hungry soul, not the hungry mouth. There are things that God is waiting to feed your soul with. Not your mouth, not your belly, but your soul. If he can feed your soul, your soul will feed your hand and your belly. He satisfies the longing soul and he gives. What do you want in life? I'm hungry. What do you want in life? What do you want? This life has to be more than bread and shoes. What do you want in life? This life has to be more than give me a car. What do you want in life? You know, a time came in the life of Abraham and uh, the the scripture says that he just finished um, fighting a war when they took his nephew Lot and he came back victorious. Then as he was coming back, two kings met with Abraham. One, the king of Salem and then another, the king of Sodom. The king of Sodom first met him and then the king of Salem was coming behind. And these two kings brought two propositions to Abraham. One was the king representing grace. Another was the king representing flesh or bread. And then these two made a proposition to Abraham. And the king of of Sodom said to Abraham, you see all these goods. Now you can imagine when a nation had been spoiled. So that means that every wealth of that nation had been carried out. And so the king of Sodom said to Abraham, I'm going to give you this entire wealth that had been plunged from our nation into your hands 
I will give it to you. The, the, the cars were there, the limousines and the houses, material things, everything that any man could ever think of, everything that any person could ever hope for. It was given or it was brought by the king of Sodom and said to Abraham, This I'm going to give to you. And then another king just came, you know, in my place, like Fuego, just walking like that. They had nothing except bread and wine. Except bread and wine. And then he said to Abraham, Abraham, I am the king of Salem, of the most high God. I don't have that. But Abraham, what are you hungry for? Abraham looked at the king of Sodom and looked at the king of Salem. Abraham saw the world and Abraham saw bread and wine. And Abraham made a decision. Beloved people of God, if you are hungry for the wrong things, you will make the wrong decision in life. If you're hungry for just what you will eat, what you will wear, you will make wrong decisions in life. Abraham looked at the, the, the wealth was mighty. And yet, the other king was alone. The king of Sodom had retinue of people carrying all the things that they wanted to give to Abraham. And the king of Salem came alone. And Abraham looked at the king of Sodom, looked at the wealth, looked at the houses, looked at the cars, looked at the good things, the gold, the silver. And then the king of Salem, Melchizedek, was there undisturbed. I have bread and wine. And this other person had everything you ever would hope for in life. But he knew Abraham knows God. And so the scripture tells us that Abraham looked at the king of Salem, Melchizedek, and came and bowed before him and gave him tithes of all, submitted himself, and then said to the king of Sodom, you have everything that I need, but I won't take it from you so that you will not say that you've made Abraham rich. I take, I join forces with God. For you see, when I have grace, I have everything. When I have bread, I may not have grace. You see, because grace gives birth to bread. I need you to follow me. What are you hungry for about? In life, there will always be a time to choose. There will always be a time to choose what you will gain or who you will get. We are where we are today. In life, every one of us, we are where we are today because of the pressure that you've put on God or yourself. Some of us don't even know how to put pressure on God. We don't even understand that you can put pressure on God. 
and we don't even know you can put pressure on yourself. We are where we are because of the pressures that we put on God. If you don't listen, listen, listen. Grace is released, given, but if you don't reach out for it, Caleb said to Joshua when they were passing that mountain and Joshua was busy dividing the lot and wanted to give the mountain to another tribe. Caleb said to Joshua, don't make that mistake. This mountain is my mountain. He put pressure on God and said, I am still strong today as I was 40 years ago. You see, but the challenge we face is that a lot of us relax when we think that grace is at work in our lives. A lot of us think that grace can carry us even though we are indolent. No. Grace is an expensive vessel. Samson said to them, he said to God, let me die with the Philistine. Remember? And he put his hands on the pillars. He said, let me die with the Philistine. Now listen. If grace was at work in the life of Samson, and his hair grew again without his impute, if he had said, God, I want to kill these people and walk out of here, would you think that God will not answer But he made up his mind that this is the extent that grace can come. And he died with the Philistines. Jacob looked at Issachar, Genesis 49. From verse 14, he said, Issachar is a strong ass. My son, Issachar, I'm looking into the future. You are a strong ass. And that translation says a raw bone ass. He said, but... The challenge is that you are crouching between two burdens. I want you to understand that. A strong ass crouching between two burdens. A burden here, burden there. And grace was present. It means that in grace, Isaka could rise and throw those burdens out. But something happened to him. The scripture says that Jacob said, but you saw that rest was good and the land was good. So he now bowed his head unto tribute and became a servant. That means he had capacity to still move ahead in spite of the burdens. But he saw that rest was good. Sometimes, sir, if you had depended on the good things you saw in Mushi, because they were good things. If you had depended on the good things you saw in Mushi, today, you would only have been king of boys. Now listen to me. Be careful where you are resting. Be careful. Because sometimes grace gives you a trickle of success. Let's see how you do it. 
and then you see that trickle and you think that this is all that God can do and then you rest there when you rest there grace is still present but docile there's somebody be by me I'm hungry I'm hungry you know but the issue is what are you hungry for what are you hungry for what are you hungry for you know Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 the popular grace scripture let us therefore now come boldly to the throne of grace that we may find and obtain you know many times many times we we look at that scripture with the eyes of the sinner when you have fallen in sin come boldly and find grace come boldly and find, but no the subject matter is that to find help in time of need. In time of need. So anytime life draws a line for you, look for grace. Anytime men say you can't cross this path, look for grace. Anytime the devil says you can't break this boundary. Look for grace. That's what God is saying. Because there are times life will draw a line and say you can't. If you don't understand it, you'll be looking for grace to forgive you your sin. When grace is misapplied, it doesn't work. And God is saying, I release grace to help you in this time of need. And you're saying, God, I must have sinned, or my father must have sinned, or my mother must have sinned. Grace, come to me, come to me, come to me. Ah. Sir, I, my first daughter, you, of course, you know Angel. Life drew a life for me. One day, I came into, I did an, a test, and the doctor called me into his office with my wife and said to me, young man, I'm sorry, but you are impotent. Sir, Oga, he said, in no day, 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 no day, walk. No, you, know, you can laugh about it, but then I wasn't laughing. And you know, that's one of the, that's a wrong thing to tell an Igbo man. I came to church from that place. I went to church and I was young men's leader. Like you're a young men's president. I was the president of young men. And then I came to another young man in the, in the same church we are in who by virtue of his involvement takes spiritual authority me na jaguda you want to go that kind of stuff <laughs> you know where i'm coming from <laughs> and so i felt that this guy no bible passed me so i went to him and said see what this doctor told me i was looking for someone who can 
pep up my faith. The doctor said to me then that I should bring 170,000, that there is a drug that is going to come in three months' time from the U.S. That maybe if I use that drug, I will have hope. I was a young architect, 170,000, then that was 25 years ago. Was very good money. So I expected him to tell me, let us pray. But the guy looked at me and said, ah, Brother Ike, the doctor has given you his report. I think that that's the final report. And in my usual way, my brother, no, 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 they, no, they pity me because no, nobody they ever pity me in life. I know they like her. I looked at the guy, I told him, what, what stupid nonsense are you talking about? That's what I asked him. I said, what stupid nonsense are you talking about? The man got angry. I thought I was challenging his spiritual authority and said to me, ah, the doctor has said it. If you don't like it, go and prove him otherwise. Hey, okay. I came back home. I told my wife, that was on a Saturday. On Sunday, that money I should have taken to the doctor on Monday, I brought it to church. I gave it to my pastor. I said to him, let's start children's department with it. Two months later, my wife got pregnant. What are you hungry for? When life draws line for you, when they tell you it's not possible. Now when, angel, when she asked me, why did you call me angel? I told her this story. That's why I called you angel. Because I know where you're coming from. I'd have the first one, the second one, the third one. Where's, where's Jalo? Where's my Sharon? Victor is the third one. <laughs> After the fourth one, I said, okay, it's enough. I've proven it. Prince of Can you imagine? When life draws a line. Let me just give you four principles. When life draws a line and you have to lean on grace. Number one, do you have a compelling dream? A compelling dream. Do you have a compelling dream? Abraham, nature drew, drew a line for Abraham. And said you will never have a child. Men drew a line for Jacob and said you will never prosper. Circumstances and situations draw a line for Joseph and say you will remain a servant forever. But was that the end of their story? No. Why? They had a compelling dream. In Genesis 15, from verse 1 to 6, the scripture says that God woke up Abraham one day while he was sleeping and said to him, Abraham, Abraham, you know, they say sleep, that you'll be sleeping, and in that sleep, you are sleeping. And then you wake up to know, to say that in my sleep, I knew that somehow I knew I was sleeping, but I had a dream in, my, in that sleep. That's what happened to Abraham. God said to him, Abraham, Abraham, and he said to God, listen, what will you give me? I abandoned 
the king of Sodom with all the things he promised, with all the things, material things he wanted to give to me, and I took bread and wine. What will you give me? And then God took him outside. In that dream, he took him outside. Abraham, the physical one was sleeping. The spiritual one was outside. And he said, look at the sky. Count the stars. Look at the ground. Count the sand. Verse 6, the scripture says, and Abraham believed God. And it was counted to him for righteousness. That dream he had became a compelling force in the life of Abraham. That when in Genesis 18, verse 9 and verse 10, God came back again and said to him, Where is Sarah thy wife? At that time, at that point, Abraham now knew this is a done deal. It's a done deal. Do you have a compelling dream? When you say you are hungry, or do you have a compelling dream? Jacob, for 15 years, serving Laban and getting nothing. 15 years, okay? 15 years. Serving his uncle and getting nothing. Some of us live with our uncle for three months and you feel that you're entitled to the wealth of your uncle. You feel that the man has to send you to U.S. because he sent his son to U.S. or because he sent his daughter to U.K. So you plan your future on the resources of the man you spent three months with. Abraham, um, Jacob served Laban. Serving is, is a small word. He slaved for Laban for 15 years. He got so frustrated that one morning he came to Laban and said to Laban, let me go. Money I know I don't have, but at least I have my two wives. Let me just go with my wives and my children. And then they had the negotiation. And then Abraham, Jacob said to him, Genesis 30, verse 30, 29 and 30. He said, when will I begin? To take care and then that night he had a dream and he saw certain things in that dream and that dream became so compelling in him that he stayed back because of that dream within five years within five years Jacob had so much money more than Laban that even Laban became envious of Jacob within five years Listen to me, beloved people of God. You have enjoyed 20 years of grace. No. No. That's rudimentary grace. Sir, God is about to unleash the essence of grace upon your ministry. The full essence of grace is about to unleash it. That the, what you are going to achieve in the next five years will make nonsense of the past 20 years. By the spirit of the most high God. Why? There's a compelling dream. Genesis 37. That young boy, Joseph, had a dream. A small dream. But it was burning in his heart. 
And he said that he saw the sheaves, his sheaves stand, and then the other 11 sheaves bowed to him. And the brothers got upset because of one dream. But you see, sir, I discovered that when the brothers got upset, Joseph also got upset because Joseph had to have something that is more compelling than the agrarian vision that he had. The next vision that he had in verse 14, he said that the sun, the moon, and the stars, they bowed to me. In other words, I'm no longer playing at the same field that you guys are playing. The sheaves that I saw before is no longer my playing ground. I have moved into the celestial. In other words, I'm not dealing with material farmhouse. Now I'm dealing with territories and gates. You know, when they fight you concerning promotions in the office, it's because your dream is still small. If you will dare to ask grace, you will discover that in the constellation of stars, there is always liberty and freedom of movement. People collide where you see accidents. Is on the road here. Except in war time. How many times have you seen planes colliding up there? I'm still hungry. There's somebody here. I'm still hungry. Hear me? Let me tell you. No. Ah, why this time they fall like this now? Okay, let me fast forward my movement. The second thing. You know, first I said you must have a compelling dream. Secondly, you must ask the right questions. You must ask the right questions. Questions that are captivating questions. You know, God is tired and grace is tired of questions like why me, why me, why me? Why me, why me, why me? No. There is so much that God has in store for you. That's ma. If you can dare to ask the right questions, you'll be amazed at the outcome. I was studying and finding out how can an ordinary man ask God a question. Abraham said to God, Why are you disturbing me? What will you give me? Uh, why not they look me like that? Genesis 15, verse 2. God woke him up. And he said, Lord, leave me alone. What will you give me? Let's, let's deal with this matter. What will you give me? Meanwhile, this Abraham, chapter 13, chapter 12, chapter 13, God don't give him silver and gold, every good thing. And then, he reached chapter 15. He said, God, I beg, no, they disturb me. I'm not, I'm still hungry. God, I'm hungry. No more for, I'm not hungry about silver and gold. There is an object of my hunger. What will you give me seeing that I die childless? God now had to move 
in a way that Abraham will know without a shadow of doubt that what he had said in the first instance he will still keep his word what questions do you ask Jacob asked when will I begin to take care of my own household and then God gave him a dream David when he came into that field the first thing that David said was what will be done for the man that will kill this. That's the first thing that he asked. In other words, people of God, life gives you a blank check. Grace gives you direction to fill it properly. We ignore grace many times and we fill in and the things that we feel is so minute and so small. What would they give to the man that will kill this giant? And you know, sir, until they told him and the king confirmed it, David didn't move one step. David didn't move one step. That's a, that's a teaching for another day. Jesus said to the disciples one day, he called up them, come, all of them, come, 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 show. They came. He said, who do men say that I am? Let's settle this. Who do men say that I am? Why? Not because he doesn't know who he is. But because he wanted them to have an understanding of who they are also. Because as he is, so are we. They said, some say, some say you are Elijah, some say you are Moses, some say, some say, some say. It's okay. Okay. But who do you say I am? Peter now said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. There's a reason that Jesus said to him, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Because there are only things that you can assess by grace. There are revelations you can't assess just because you asked. You can assess them only because grace is at work in your life. Else, why wasn't it revealed to Judas? Now, you see, what Jesus, our Lord, wanted them to understand is that at every point in time, we operate in two dimensions. The God-man and the man-God. Jesus was flesh and yet Peter said thou art the Christ the son of the living God and he was still flesh that means that even as I am a man I am also God there are situations and problems that will come and I approach them as man there are other situations and problems that will come and I have to approach them as God so we are both God-man and man-God depending on when the situation comes. But if every time you look at your situation and you approach it as a man, you will be defeated many times over. Number three, let me just move on first. Do you have appetite or what I call a good risk appetite 
a good risk appetite. A good risk appetite. Okay. Can I say to you that coming here was a risk? I wasn't part of your ministry then, but I know that no one takes that step when you have seen everything. But that was a risk taken in grace. You know, people of God, there was something Jacob saw that Jacob sold everything and planted in that dream that he had. When he saw how the cows leaped upon the bulls and the outcome, he believed it so much. And then he put everything he had in life, staked it there. In church one day, I preached a message and then tried to raise a seed, an offering to beautify, to repaint the church and make it look good. When I finished, one of my sons that I knew then didn't have a job. He came to me and said to me, Pastor, I want to, what's the cost of repainting the entire inside of the church? And I looked at him and I said, why? He said, I want to pay for it. In my heart, I laughed. Because for some months now, he has lost his job. So he didn't have any earning power. He was a banker. I told him, well, it's going to cost 1.4 million. That was on a Sunday. And he said to me, before Tuesday, I'll transfer the money. I said, wait, wait, wait. Calm down. How will you get the money? Where will you get the money from? He said, I have some shares in the bank that I worked. I'm going to sell off the entire shares. I'm going to give it to the church. There are times that grace will make you take a risk in God. But when you realize that you came as nothing and see how God has brought you, it emboldens you to go more. I was surprised. The next Tuesday, the money hits the account. 1.4 million, it just dropped. And we painted it. And for some months, he didn't get a job. I was almost feeling guilty that I took this guy's money I began to pray. But one day he called me. He said he's calling from Ghana. I said, what are you doing in Ghana? He said that he came for an interview, a job interview. I said, where? Because you're not going to lay such a huge sacrifice and then you go and start working in Ghana. He said, no, it's a position in Nigeria, but the, the interview is in Ghana. To cut a long story short, God gave him a job that the 1.4 million he spent was less than his monthly salary.
can you take a risk with God? Can you take a risk with God? I know of a friend that she had this need that I need to move my school to another site. So she went and bought a land, a hundred million, but she didn't have the hundred million. She had um, about 25 million to pay as down payment or 30 million. A bank gave her 70 million and she paid the 30 million. She took a risk. Immediately she paid it, COVID happened. So it affected the school. The school was closed for eight months, you remember? So she couldn't repay. By the time school started, the interest had piled. So it was a problem paying back. She was having sleepless nights. The banks were disturbing her. So she came to me early this year. And this is I, this is my problem. I can't sleep. I can't. I said, I said, you know what? God cannot take peace from you when He has given you grace to take on a project. When you've lost your peace, then the timing is over. I said to her, sell the land. I said, no, how can I sell the land? I said, sell the land and have your peace. So okay. Do you know, she put the land for sale. And she called me the next week, excited. They offered me 150 million. I said, no, hold on. More is coming. Within two weeks, they offered her 200 million. This is a land she bought just two years ago. I said, go ahead and sell. She sold, paid bank her money, and had a hundred million that she didn't work for. She didn't work for. Nah, even me, I know what I can do with a hundred million right now. Do you understand what I'm saying? Amazing grace only works if you take steps. You can't sit down and be shouting amazing grace. You can't. You can't. You can't. I pass by the field of the slothful and by the vineyard of the man devoid of understanding. Proverbs 24 verse 30. He said he satisfies the longing soul. The hunger has to be here. Not in the mouth, not in the stomach. The hunger has to be here. When the hunger is in the heart, God will give you territories and gates. But the hunger, it has to be beyond shoe. It has to be beyond. God have mercy. God showed the, um, Jacob himself. Grace appeared to Jacob when Jacob was lying down with that stone as a pillow. And then he saw a ladder connecting heaven and earth. And climbing. God was at the head of the ladder. Angels were descending and ascending. Do you know, sir, that when Jacob woke up, the only thing Jacob said, God, if you will give me food to eat, child, I felt like flogging him. What kind of thing is this? What kind of joke is that? You saw God sitting at the top. You saw angels descending and ascending. And the only thing in your mind, no wonder Jacob never bought territories. Never. Never had land. No wonder 
Joseph, when he saw the first dream, he said, no, I have to be better than my father. God had to improve on it and give him the sun and the stars and the moon. You can't have an encounter with amazing grace and all you are thinking about is food. Give me a malone point. I know. Life is more than that. Life is more than that. Let your mind, let your soul be expanded that you will know. If only you can see that the future is great. The taste for agege bread will leave your mouth. Let me just go to the final thing and then I will close tonight. Do you have a partnership with your pastor? Amazing grace. If you're hungry and you don't have a partnership with your pastor, you don't know your pastor, the road, you go fast, small. You go far. You know why I said it? Because there are limits you can push yourself. And there are limits that you cannot push. It doesn't matter what you do. Second Chronicles 20.20 Believe the Lord your God and you will do what? Believe in his prophets also and you will do what? God establishes prophets prospers. Psalm 61 verse 2. When my heart is overwhelmed, Lord, lead me to the rock that is higher. There is a rock that is higher. As long as you are in this church, Vim, Victory Inheritance Ministries, there is a rock that is higher. Do you know, sir, that it does not matter the dexterity of Joshua in warfare. It doesn't matter how skillful Joshua was in warfare. If Moses is not with him, he's already a defeated man. Moses said to Aaron and Hor, come, let me show you a principle in life. And they went to a hill overlooking the valley where they were fighting with the Amalekites. And they saw Joshua and saw that Joshua was winning. That Joshua was winning. The battle was going in his favor. And then suddenly, Moses dropped his hands. Uh -uh. Aaron and her, they noticed another thing. Suddenly, the battle changed. Without reason, the battle changed against Jacob. And then Moses lifted his hands again. When he did it three times, Aaron and Hod learned wisdom. They now knew that no, it's not the skillfulness of Joshua. It's not the strength of Joshua. Remember, by strength shall no man prevail. That it has to take the prayer of Moses for Joshua 
to succeed. Your pastor may not be in the battle with you, but his hand lifted in prayer clears the battle for you. Remember this. Joshua didn't know why he was losing in battle. Joshua didn't know why when he was gaining ground, suddenly he lost ground again. He didn't know until he came back that day and Aaron and her called him and said, young man, let me show you a mystery. Maybe I'm here. I'm hungry. But my hunger cannot be satisfied by my own desires first. My hunger will be satisfied by how far my pastor is with me. Do you understand that? That when God said he satisfies the longing soul and then the hungry soul also, he fills it with goodness. Let's stand to our feet this evening. What are you hungry for? What are you hungry for? I'm going to give you a minute to speak unto the Lord. What are you hungry for? What are you hungry for? What are you hungry for? I want to give you a minute. Pray before the Lord. What are you hungry for? It's not God give me another shoe. No. What are you hungry for? It's not God give me food to eat. No. What are you hungry for? What are you hungry What level of success do you want to get? What level of success do you want to feel? What level of success do you want to imagine? What level of success are you looking for? What are you hungry 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 for? He satisfies the longing soul. Whatever you lay before the Lord tonight, the Lord will release it to you. What are you hungry for? What are you hungry for? What will amazing grace do for you? For the next five years, what will amazing grace do for you? What will amazing grace do for you? To help in time of need, what will amazing grace do for you? What are you hungry for? What are you hungry for? What are you hungry for? We hope you've been blessed by this message. To experience more, visit us on Wednesdays by 6.30pm and Sundays 8.30am at Victory Inheritance Ministries, Plot 25, Block A, Kusela Road, Ikate, Elegushi, Waterfront, Fort Roundabout, along Konoyo Gas Station, Lekki, Lagos, Nigeria. Or follow us on Facebook at Victory Inheritance Ministries or you can email us at vimministries at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. God bless you.